0: Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective-type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to South African electro-hop music duo, identical twin brothers, Andrew and Brian Chaplin, who formed the band Lockenville in Cape Town, South Africa in 2009. The Twins are singers, songwriters, song producers and musicians in addition to being guitarists, drummers and business entrepreneurs. Since their debut studio album The Sun In My Pocket was released in February 2010, they have released hit after hit and album after album which have consistently climbed the charts Please note that when we recorded this interview, Andrew was in Berlin, Germany at a coffee shop. So the background noise that you hear is the revelers in the background enjoying their coffee on a Sunday afternoon in Berlin, Germany. Up next on Celebsvant, we've got Andrew and Brian from Lockenville. Where do we find you guys? What's happening in your, in your world, and how are you doing? Well, I'm
1: I'm uh, calling from Cape Town, South Africa at the moment, and uh, I am very much living dad life at the moment. Uh, I just had a newborn about three weeks ago, so very much in dad life. And Drew's <laughs> out in Berlin, which I'm sure he'll tell you now. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm in Berlin right now. I'm busy uh, working with some artists over here. Um, I'm actually busy currently working on a like a solo ep for, for myself and uh yeah we've done some amazing studio sessions and it's going to be released probably within the next two or three months and um yeah i'm excited to see what everyone thinks of it
0: so first of all brian congratulations My, or muzzle for the newborn baby
1: <laughs> thank you thank you i appreciate it
0: <laughs> so now guys let's take it all the way back to the very beginning so the Lockinville hybrid or non-hybrid musical journey story. Tell us when you guys got uh, motivated to join the music industry or in the entertainment world and tell us your journey and your story.
1: Yeah, well, that's a, it's a fine question. I mean, uh, both of us started very young. Um, I think the the main point that we each got started like with music sort of in a, in a kind of uh, way that it was sort of turning into something was when we were like six years old uh, both of us got a guitar for, for Christmas. We started writing some songs. We obviously looked up to people that were sort of happening at the time. Um, and then we just sort of went through genres. We used to be like hard metal guys. We went through like a whole rap phase and everything like that. And then we recorded an album called Make Waves in 2005, if I'm not a second. And... That was sort of the first sound of Block and Ball. Uh And then we recorded a follow up album, which we actually called Retro Electro. And we submitted the, the single, Sun in My Pocket, to a whole bunch of radio stations. It kind of really just did its own thing. Um, and then we got contacted by Just Music, who signed us, and so on, so on. But that's, in a very, very small nutshell, that's essentially how it all started. It
0: was beating beat, beating, on a lot of doors. <laughs> I think that's everyone <laughs> who goes through the beating yes. of the doors. I know that yes. feeling. Knock, <laughs> knock, 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 slam shut. Knock, <laughs> knock, 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 slam shut until one opens.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's exactly, the, yeah.
0: The name Lockinville, explain for the people who don't know the story behind the name. Right.
1: So for, actually for, for a long time, we, we sort of wanted to keep it a, a bit of a mystery. Um, just because I, I felt like it was a little bit difficult to explain to people, but, but we're, we're, we're way past that now. So essentially it's the, it's the blend of two words because we were born in the States and raised in South Africa. Obviously both the States and South Africa hold uh, a big uh, significance in our life. And so, the Lochin part was to represent South Africa and it was uh it was it came from Lockin Culture, which was that clothing brand back in the day. So it was basically instead of L-O-X-N, it was L-O-C-N. Okay. Um and then the Ville was for all of the different Ville's that you get throughout the state. So it was Lockinville.
0: Oh, okay. Locationville. Locationville
1: is essentially what it means. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: but now how did that name come to you
1: (laughs) it was it was it was divine intervention it was just it was just one of those things where we were we were playing with uh we were playing around with a whole bunch of names um and we were uh, specifically choosing things that were um that were relevant to us at the time so specifically the ville part was because there was shady ville which was eminem's clothing brand that had just come out and we were we were big big fans of it um and then and then so basically once we had that name, the Larkinfall name, we also realized that it was the only word like it out there. So if you were to, if you were to ever Google it, we'd be the only thing that ever came up. Oh, um which was also yeah. very important to us.
0: Yeah, that's very clever. I've seen you guys opening, I remember seeing you opening for Enrique, I think it was, and for Justin Bieber, when he was in South Africa. Before we dive into what you love about performing, but what's the difference for you about opening for an artist? And ha- headlining your own show.
1: Well, I, I I can definitely say that the the, the big difference is um, just like restrictions. If it's it, if it's your own show and, and you're the headliner, then it's like anything goes, kind of. But when you're when you're doing an opening thing, especially for like major acts like UK uh, and Justin Bieber and stuff like that. Um, they, they obviously have a, a sort of idea in their mind about how the show is going to go and like where all the attention needs to be. Um, so, so I remember like as an example, when we were doing the, uh, Enrique opening, they had like a big sort of ramp going out into yes. the crowd where, That's where you right. could walk. Yeah. And so during our performance, uh, you know, it, it was just there. We were playing the music and singing and everything. So we were just like walking on the stage, like saying what's up to everyone. And then you know some people came like yo yo yo, yo you can't use that. It, everything was, it, was, like that. No, it was in our in-ear monitors. One of one of That's the guys right. was in our in-ear monitors. We were trying to sing. Yes. and this guy's in our in-ear monitors saying, and, and he was like, ram. "Get off the way. yeah, yeah. The ram. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly." I don't understand why, yeah, why couldn't so, you use the ram? Um, <laughs> because because it has to be the moment for the main act.
0: Oh my god. Exactly. Okay, okay exactly. let's not get into exactly. that. <laughs>
1: So, so basically, what I mean by restrictions, like when you're when you're doing an opening thing, you have to always keep in mind that you are the opener, and the guy that's or the lady, for that for that matter, uh, that's coming after you is the main act, and everything that's there is for them, not for yes. you. And also, and also, you know, one of the big things about being the opener is your your base and everything like that, like all all the big things that that, that the crowds love is all cut. Well, well in advance. So they only, they only turn up that bass and give the subs the full, the full power once the main artist comes on. So, you know, when, when you're the warm up act and especially us, I mean, our music is filled with low end and, uh, and big heavy beats. So it's always a little bit disappointing when you have to play them and you're listening to it and you just know it's not quite there. You <laughs> just have to find <laughs> the right person to bribe. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and don't you also find sometimes though, I mean, you guys are well known in South Africa. And, uh, you know, across, across Europe and that, but don't you also find sometimes when you were first starting out, you have to try win over the audience because they're there for the main artists and it's like, oh, it's an opening act, you know, like finish up. We want to see the main person. I don't know if you ever felt that more in the beginning was, you know, you know, when Justin that was yeah, you were really well known. So the audience really knew you, but did in the beginning stages of opening for those artists, was it ever that situation? Oh, like I feel like I need to win over these people. You
1: know, I think, I think we were actually really blessed to, to, to only have been opening for those artists once, uh, once we already had a little bit of a name going. Yes. So in terms, in terms of opening for, for the bigger artists, you know, um, we were very lucky to have people that knew the music. But in the beginning, I mean, I remember, yeah, now we're talking really, really in the beginning. Um, I remember we played a show and at that time we were opening up for, it was like A King or Van Gogh Cartel. It was one of those bands and we, were definitely in the mindset like, wow, we've got some work to do because the crowd was there to see them one hundred percent. And we walked on and nobody knew the music and uh the co- the crowd reception was really cold i remember it wasn't a great crowd reception there was a there were a few we people had a lot of technical was, difficulties <laughs> yeah. yeah we had technical difficulties i mean it, it it was awful i remember we walked off that set, that stage and we were like wow that didn't go so well and then luckily um it it, it only about a few months after that um it, it started getting some love and so the whole dynamic changed quite quickly after that
0: when a situation like that happens whether it's in the beginning or even when you guys are popular and headlining and you've, you're sort of not feeling it, or the energy's not there, is it a process of, okay, cool, brush it off, it's just that moment that's passed, the next time we'll focus more on this or that, or does it allow you to feel negative or get you down
1: of course it can get you down absolutely (laughs) i mean uh because because you you have to remember that uh that uh, lock and ball was was not our first project we've done a myriad of projects um since since lock and ball or or pre-lock and ball kind of becoming a, a known name and everything like that so we did a bunch of like really horrible shows uh you know like performing to people that had no idea who we were and of course everyone's kind of like telling us like yo put on a good show everything like this um and so when you when you do give your your all like you're you're trying to essentially win over the people um but then there's like sound difficulties and the people are just kind of like staring at you like really drunk and stuff like that uh yeah it, it's like of, of course we've had situations where where both of us went home and we were like we're, we're just gonna quit you know uh, like yeah. like why why, why? Why? would we put ourselves through this? But then, but then, you know, it takes it takes a day or two to kind of, you know, build each other up. And it's like these these things happen. It's like like no no success story that I've ever heard of didn't have you know little lapses along the way.
0: You mentioned you had pre acts before Lock and Bull. So tell us a little bit more about those and. What happened to them? Was it, again, just the two of you or were there other people involved?
1: Um, it was It was always, uh, I mean, we were always kind of the ones who sort of had this, um, ha- had some sort of idea between us. I mean, honestly, as far back as six years old, we had a group that we called the Black Barracudas. And I'm pretty sure we were like the Space Boys at some point. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, we went through a myriad Excellent. of them. Yeah, you, you can't remember, you can't forget exit and three. <laughs> exit, exit. Yeah. <laughs> exit, exit was, a, was our pride and joy when we were about 13. So yeah, I mean, we've, we, we've been through a whole bunch of different, uh, we've been through a whole bunch of different styles, but I think, um, Lock and, the, the Lock and Ball one where we sort of married the, what, what, what we really intended it to be was a sort of marriage of pop and, and the, and, and the way that the song was constructed was sort of what, what we thought was a sort of rock. Construction to the song. And I think that when we blended those two elements, that was, that was when we started um getting people saying, Hey, this is really nice. We like this. And then we, we kind of stuck to that sound.
0: Now, during your Lockenville career, you've collaborated with a lot of different local and international artists. How is that process bringing that energy into the room? Um, when, it- Compared to you guys, you know, you've known each other your whole lives, <laughs> obviously since you were born. But when you bring that third or fourth element into the room, is it a freshness? Do you have to get used used to it? Tell us about that process, of and how do you choose those people? I was going to say
1: it depends who it is, but Drew, Drew yeah, you can it, that one <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I have to agree with with Brian that uh, it really does depend because at least from 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 my view um we've had very different situations in that in that sort of uh situation we've had some uh, some kind of collaborations where we've expected something to be really easy and free flowing where maybe it hasn't been and then other times we've had sessions where you know it, it it was more just to like kind of get people off our back and uh and then like do something and then it actually ended up turning out really well. So yeah, I wouldn't say that there's any one thing, but to, but to answer your question, yes, there's there's absolutely a, a different vibe. I mean, obviously, when Brian and I are in the studio, it's very very comfortable. Like you said, we've known each other since so we were like in the room. So so sometimes it, it can be a little bit um, yeah different when you get other people into the studio. They have their own workflow. Sometimes uh, I I know I know for me like I can feel a little bit apprehensive if I don't like something to actually say i don't like something so yeah in my experience i would say to do collaborations and stuff like that it's much easier to sort of get what you want done before the session rather than than trying to kind of get it all together there because you're still sort of in that um introduction phase if yeah. I can say that.
0: so your journey process of creating from zero to a three to four minute song what is that process is it different each time is it easy each time So the musical creative journey of lock and Um, it
1: varies uh, track to track. um, But I would say, I would say generally speaking, um, it would start with a beat. um, And yeah, so very, very rarely will we start with an actual song with a, with a lyrical idea. It will normally start with a beat. um, And then we will throw around a few ideas um sometimes it happens really really quickly sometimes it doesn't sometimes we come up with something and love it at the time and listen to it a week later and hate it and rework it so it's it's very very different track to track but i would say for the most part um when we decide that it is uh you know sometimes something will just come up blue and then you'll you'll put that down but for the most part we would say okay we're getting ready to write an album you know we want to make something like this and then it would come down to the beat um, and then we write the song afterwards.
0: And what motivates those lyrics? Personal experiences, what's happening in the world, combination of both.
1: Yeah, I would say I would say a combination of all of the above. Uh, definitely, everything comes from personal experience. You know, it, it all comes from somewhere personal. Um, sometimes, if it's if it's more of a storytelling thing, then maybe you can kind of take a little bit from. Uh, uh, experiences that you've lived with other people um but it always it always ultimately does come from personal experience yeah
0: tell us a little bit more about your and understand you guys have a record label tell us a little bit more about that
1: correct yeah so um i would say even more than a, than a record label i would say it's like a, an entertainment hub. The, the company actually started as a as a sort of rights holder uh for for our rights so when we actually started submitting music to radio and everything like that we were very very careful to be registered with all the right societies and have the company registered like like recent have our isrc codes and everything like that and this was like far before anything really happened so that that company um existed probably from 2005 something like that and that was called contraband and so ever since we first launched we've only ever licensed our rights out to similar labels um so that publishing company then turned into the record label that is now cbgsb so it's essentially it's just it's just a company holding that has track record in the business um we obviously have a lot of first-hand experience of what you know, oh, being man. with the labels like what man. releasing music's like talking to right. the media, blah, 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 everything like that. So, so we just yeah. wanted to kind of build the label that i guess we wanted when we first started yeah that, which is that, which that, is to that, always that, have an immediate right. point of call and, and have I, people that yeah, have experience yeah. in the oh, game yeah. so if you come to them with questions or whatever huh? they can answer from like an honest authentic standpoint <laughs> and, and and i think that that that's what we provide we we only work with people that we really believe in uh we get submissions all the time i would say 0.0001 percent of those we actually end up doing something with um but, that's, but that's, that's the history behind how the label started. It was essentially just a company to hold our own rights.
0: What in that 0.01% do you see or feel that makes you think, ah, I want to work that with that person?
1: So it's actually interesting you asked that, that question it. because I, I got asked that question like literally about two oh, days ago. And 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 I've I've got a very real answer. We hear stuff all the time. And and it's not that it's not that it's bad. Yeah. Like a lot of it's really good. But at the end of the day, you know, we're we're putting up our own money to invest in these things. And and obviously as a business, you have to accept that whatever money you put in might be a loss or it could be a recruitment, you know, as any business works. So I would say for me, it's it's finding something that is truly unique. And one of my best examples, it's a, a rapper that we signed semi-recently that goes by the name of Bims. And, and what really, really grabbed me about him is uh, I've heard a lot of kind of trap stuff and a lot of it's really good. A lot of it's got really good beats. The guys have really good flows and everything like this. But he had a completely different story like like he wanted his first single to be in uh to be in afrikaans and things like this and i and i just thought that that was so unique um that that it's it's almost like how how can we not do something and then for example uh anika kiana we 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 knew her personally because she worked on one of our records and when you stand in the same room her and you hear her sing it's just undeniable. undeniable. Like, it's just like, this is a major, major it's talent. This is definitely going to go somewhere. And true. if we can be any part of that process, then it's...
0: I recently interviewed another a, a twin brother duo from um, Germany called Amistats. They're a folk band. And I asked him this question and it made me laugh and I'm going to ask you this question. Was they also, they're twin brothers and in fact, in fact, they're the exact same age as you guys. And I said to them, and this is a question to you, do you guys get on outside of the music or do you uh <laughs> do you fight because with with joe and yan and joseph they were like no they've got completely different uh sets of opinions but when it comes to the music they're in the same place but everything out of that they like fight all the time so with you guys what is the dynamics <laughs>
1: um i think i think for, for for the most part i mean we 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 get along i mean obviously yes we do fight sometimes, um, I think definitely in the in the earlier stages, because, you know, when we first started out and when everything was sort of uh, taking off, we lived in the same house with each other. We were playing the same shows together. We were on the road together. I mean, we were just always together and and there was constantly people. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty crazy time. So I think during that time, um, we we did get into a few disagreements. And I think most of it was just that we were a bit overwhelmed on everything um sometimes when it came to music we'd have disagreements but nothing too crazy these days obviously um our lives have kind of taken us um to 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 different places but so actually now i would say maybe maybe in in some respects we get along better now because now when we do make music and we do meet up it's like oh i haven't seen you in you know a year and a half or whatever the case may be so 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 yeah but but i mean to answer the question we do have a disagreements but i would say for the most part we get along well we work well together so um, yeah, touch wood, I'm really blessed for that.
0: Andrew, so you you now working on this sort of solo project which is coming out shortly and then are you guys going to then do stuff together thereafter or what's what's next for lock and Bull or you guys individually
1: uh, it, it's it's a very good question um it, it's like lock and Bull still still exists uh, it's a project that that Brian and I hold very close to our hearts in fact we have a track coming out it's our first track that we've released like as a as a real lock and Bull project probably at like I'm not even joking, maybe like two or three years or something like that. And I I don't necessarily think it's like a major hit or anything like that, that that wasn't our intention. Um, It was just to like actually get something out there. We, We had this track sort of sitting in the arsenal for a little bit. And and we were like, why don't we just kind of, you know, get it out there? Uh, we also have a lot of tracks that we wrote maybe a year or so ago that we're still going to work on and put out. So Lock and Roll is still there, but but of course due to our personal situations, we find ourselves in like different places in life. And uh, and I and, and I personally have to respect my my brother's life. Like my my brother's the dad too now, you know. So it's like I I I can't just like call them and you know in like midnight and say yo like record a verse or something like that. <laughs> um, it's it, it's just different. So the reason why I'm doing my own personal thing is uh over and beyond what i do in in other spheres of business i'm still making music um i'm i'm still inspired especially like with all the travels that i've been doing you know over the past year and a half or whatever it's it's a great outlet for me to yeah i basically what i'm trying to say is like it's still i guess a habit of mine to like make music yeah so I'm pursuing my own sort of production project where I'm not gonna like sing on anything. It's basically just working with other artists um, from production level, from a vocalist kind of level and making it a, a very international project. That's the that's the idea behind it. But, uh, but Lock and Roll is still coming out with music. It's still It's still gonna get there. It might just take a bit of time.
0: So you now based overseas or you're just traveling and then coming back to Cape Town? once you finish traveling
1: you know i i wish i could answer that that question uh myself i've actually been sort of living as a quote-unquote digital nomad for maybe a year now it's 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 been a wild experience um so i don't necessarily live anywhere i'm sort of just like hopping from from place to place uh doing what i do and um it's been insanely exciting it's been nerve-wracking it's been uh it's been a a major life experience and i I think that that'll definitely shine through in a lot of the new stuff that we're doing
0: okay cool so you'll just have to see where you land (laughs) eventually pretty much pretty much (laughs) i'm going to put you both on the spot i love playing this game and one of you is going to have time to think but it won't be much time the recipients don't always love doing it I know if I asked you each this question in two minutes, two days, 20 days, I know that your answer will be different each time. But if I had to ask first you, Brian, your top five songs by other artists that you play in this moment, what would those songs be?
1: Okay. So, um, I, I like a lot of Kid Leroy stuff at the moment. Um, so, uh, a Thousand Miles Away by Kid Leroy is a good one for me. Um, as well as his latest one, Love Me Again. I love. Quote unquote chill lounge music. I don't, I don't know exactly what the, what the genre would be. Um, but there's a, there's a few artists that I can't think of off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, there's a good, few good chill lounge songs, but it's would say in, in terms of songs and artists, Post Malone, Kid Leroy, uh, I'm very song. I'm very song driven. Uh, you know, my, my, my sort of passion lies in writing songs. So, um, I've been enjoying a lot of that stuff. So yeah, five songs. I'm beating around the bush here. <laughs> Love me again. Um, uh, a thousand miles away. Let's say circles by Post Malone. Goodbye by Post Malone, and then just I'll throw in an, an old one there. It's 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 been a while by stain. It's it's a classic of mine that okay, that, okay. I, that, I've, that I've played for years.
0: Okay, Andrew, be to you. Your top five. Yeah, time to think. <laughs> <laughs> i I did have time to think, and I actually had time to go like look in my uh, Apple <laughs> music
1: here and to to be honest, you know, I can't necessarily say there's like you know top- top five songs or whatever yeah um but there's but there's definitely uh styles of music that i've that I've really really gotten into lately um One of the artists that I really found very interesting is a lady named uh, Rosalia from Spain mm-hmm. um who's been Thank doing. Actually, really, really well around the world. Exactly. There's also an Italian group, like in a, a rock group, that won Eurovision last year, or the year before, or something called Manaskin. Yes, I, I thought that they were that they were really interesting. Yeah, their their whole kind of like visual appeal and sound and everything like that. Interesting. Interesting. Um, other than that, I've been really jamming uh, Cairo, who's no. a South African DJ, um, big in the sort of Afro yeah. house scene, so, yeah. and um, I think his music is fantastic yeah. from production level. to absolutely beautiful um obviously anika kiana is a is a favorite of mine and um yeah and then also actually um a serbian duo that i that i discovered through um through my girlfriend actually and it's a group called dolores and it's, it's it's kind of like um like indie pop kind of stuff but it's it's really really cool
0: I like those. I'm going to add those to my list. Just to finish off, uh, the podcast is listened to throughout the world. The main listening audience is actually the USA, UK, Australia, then South Africa and Sweden. So as a final message to the listening audience, to you first, Brian, what would you like to say?
1: Well, I would like to say, first of all, uh, thank you for listening. If you don't know about us, uh, please do yourself a favor and go check out the music. Let us know what you think. Get hold of us on socials and everything. And if anybody does want to follow us on socials, it's um, at L-O-C-N-V-I-L-L-E on everything. And uh, yeah, if you know us, thank you very much. If you don't know us, then very nice to meet you. And please go check it out. Andrew. Uh, there's there's really not much I can add to that. Um, again, uh, for, for everyone who's been supporting us through the years, thank you very much. Um, for anyone who we're new to, welcome. And I hope you enjoy what we do. Um, there's going to be a lot coming from both of us, including myself from a solo position. So yeah, stay tuned and hope you enjoy.